Please remain standing, if you would, as Gail comes to read our scripture uh, taken from the, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verses 19 through 21, and then we pick back up again in verse 24, uh, verses 24 through 34. It's found there in the Pew Bibles in front of you on page 685, if you would like, if you would like to follow along. We're having some issues with a, with a mic stand here. Okay. All right, Matthew, Matthew chapter, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, and then, um, and then uh, 24 through 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Whether, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. And now, God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O God, our Redeemer, through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In 2009, CNN reported that um, uh, about a woman in Tel Aviv, um, she had bought her mother a new mattress. 
she had bought her, her mother a new mattress. She, she knew that, that her mom's, that her mom's uh, old mattress was, it was just getting old and it was, seemed to be very, very lumpy. And, and she wanted it to be a surprise for her mom. And so uh, as she, um, she um, contacted the company where she had bought the new mattress from and, and she had a key to her mother's house. And so uh, she let them in. They, they took the old mattress and, and, uh, and, and put the new mattress in place. And her mother, her mother was, um, was surprised and, and horrified when she came home and found that she had a brand new mattress. She was horrified because her old mattress uh, contained all, all of her life savings. <laughs> Over one million American dollars was uh, in that mattress. And so they quickly contacted the company and, and asked, uh, what did you do with my old mattress? And they said, well, we put it out in the garbage. And they looked out in the garbage, and uh, the garbage truck had already come. And it made national news in Israel, and it even made international news all around, all around the world. And there was a massive, massive surge for this mattress that, was, that contained $1 million in cash. The mattress, by the way, and by the way, this is an actual picture of the search that went on. For weeks on end, there had to be armed security officers at the, at the city dump there in Tel Aviv uh, to keep others away, and the mattress was actually never found. <laughs> the mattress was, was, never, was never found. I, 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 I'm not... Well, today we are, we're, we're continuing our sermon series dealing with uh, three simple rules. The, uh, the, there are other simple rules that often uh, people relate to, but, but I think these are the, these are the really simple rules that, that John Wesley had for his followers, and we're continuing to look at that today. So the average American household, um, the average American has, household has $149,800 saved for retirement. Now, $150,000. Now, again, if, if, if we thought about it, I mean, we think, well, that's a, that's a pretty good retirement. That's a pretty good retirement. Uh, I hear you all snickering, those of you who are retired. You recognize that $150,000 will not get you very far, will it? So, that, so the retirement age typically is around what, 65 or uh, give or take a few years, but, but, as, but as we have been living longer and longer and longer, more and more Americans are living well into their mid-80s and even into their, even into their 90s as well. $150,000 will, will, will not take us very far. 29% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. 29%, almost a third of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. According to the Federal Reserve, the average credit card debt in America in, in, in 1990 was, was $3,000. Uh, however, today, the average credit card debt for those, well, the average across all uh, Americans is $5,700 per person, but for those who actually have credit card debt, those who have credit card debt have an average of $9,333 per person. Almost over $9,000 per person we have in credit card debt. 41% of Americans have credit card debt. 41% of Americans have credit card debt. 
So again, today we're, we're looking at these simple rules, the, these three rules that John Wesley, uh, John Wesley had for the early Methodists. And John Wesley was, a, uh, was an 18th century Anglican minister. He, he, he set out trying to reform the, the Church of England, but, but in, in the meantime, he, he started this new movement in the Church of England, and it became, it evolved into Methodism. And as, uh, as it came to the new colonies, it began as a, as a new movement, a, a new denomination. And so uh, Wesley sent out his preachers with, uh, with uh, doctrines and discipline, uh, but really he sent them out with the Bible in one hand and his 52 standard sermons in the other hand. And one of the last sermons in his 52 standard sermons is entitled, On the Use of Money. And that was where he laid out these three simple rules. He said, he said first, first you need, to, you need to gain all you can. And last week we looked at that. How we are called to, to gain all we can. I mean, and, and that sounds a... I mean, that sounds almost antithetical to what Scripture says, and a, and a, and a simple life, and a, and, a, and a, I mean, Jesus was around those who were in, who were in poverty all the time, but, but Wesley said, he said, it is our Christian duty to gain as much as we can. However, we shouldn't do that if, if, it's, going to, if it's going to harm ourselves, if it's going to harm other people, or if it's going to harm our own souls. But he did say, he did say that we need to, to gain all that we can. We need to earn all that we can. But then he also said um, what seemed to be a, almost, almost the polar opposite of what we find in our, in our scripture today. But let me clarify it here in just a moment. He said then, he said then we need to then uh, save all that we can. Th- listen, listen, to, listen to Wesley's quote. From this, ser- from this sermon. He said, having gained all you can by honest wisdom and unwearied, unwearied diligence, the second rule of Christian prudence is save all you can. Do not throw it away in idle expenses, which is just the same as throwing it into the sea. <laughs> Did you get that? I, 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 I like that. I like that. Don't throw it away in idle expenses. Wesley, I mean, his issue was was not, he, he wasn't saying uh, hoard all of your money. He wasn't saying uh, 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 compile as much stuff as you can, as much money as you can. That's not what, he, that's not what he's saying. His concern here is that, is that we would indeed be able to, to save all we could. And, and, and the warning was so that I mean, we need to save all we can, and, and in order to do that, we've got to quit wasting our money, he said. So, again, again, um, Jesus has a lot to say about money. <laughs> Time and again, Jesus talks about money. Uh, we find Jesus talking about money more than he talked about faith. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about prayer. Why did Jesus talk about money so often? Well, Jesus b- understood that, that the, the, idol, the, the biggest temptation for an idol in our lives is our money and possessions. I mean, you don't, we don't need to look around other than, uh, other than just our culture today and see that we are, I mean, the biggest idol in, in our culture is money and possessions. I mean, we, we, we bow down before, I mean, we're getting ready to come up upon the, uh, the, the Christmas season, 
and we can't even hardly get past Thanksgiving before there are sales going on trying to lure us uh, trying to lure us into buying things for family members that really don't need anything. I mean, one of my struggles having having parents now that are in their early 80s is what in the world are we going to buy my parents? I have I have no idea. Over the last 30 years, if they've wanted something, they go ahead and get it. They they have enough means now in their lives. Uh, they've worked very very hard. They have. By the way, they don't want a whole lot, by the way. Uh, but if they do want something, they go ahead and buy it. And so our struggle is, what in the world are we going to get my mom and dad? I have no idea. But, gosh, we feel obligated to get them something. And so we're going to go out and, and, and spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on as a family for, for my dad and a couple hundred dollars for my mom. And, I mean, it, there, there's just such, uh, there's such temptation to continue to, to spend beyond our means. There's such temptation uh, to, 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 spend waste, to spend wastefully. Now, now Wesley's words uh, and challenge for us to earn all we can seem to, be, seem to be different than what our Scripture says, doesn't it? Our Scripture says, um, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so our scripture seems to say, well, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be saving any. I mean, don't, don't be saving any. Instead, instead be, be storing up for yourselves, not, not treasures here on earth. I mean, you shouldn't be, I mean, it, it appears as though it's saying, well, you shouldn't be saving all you can, but instead you should be giving all that to the Lord. But if you read on, if you, if you read on, what, what Jesus is saying here is, I don't think that Jesus is saying that we should be simply living from paycheck to paycheck right on the very edge of, uh, of economic disaster in our life. I don't think that's what Jesus is, is saying because he turns his attention immediately after he says, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy, but instead lay up treasures in heaven. Then he immediately goes into this, uh, goes into this conversation or this, this teaching about, about inappropriate spending. Don't worry, he says, about the clothes that you're, going, that, you're, that you're going to wear. Don't worry about the kinds of food that you're going to eat. Don't worry about all of these things. That's what, that's what the world goes after, he says. We shouldn't be worried about those kinds of things. But seek first the kingdom of God, he says, and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be, will be added un, unto you. Listen to, what, listen to what Wesley said. He said, having gained all, again, having gained all you can by honest wisdom and unwearied diligence, the second rule is save all you can. Do not throw it away in idle expenses, which is just the way, it's just the same as throwing it into the sea. Wesley's concern was, was not that, uh, uh, it really was not about earning all that we could. His concern was about wasteful spending. Wasteful spending. I think his concern today would be about credit card debt. His concern today would be that the average American is spending 102% of their income each and every year. It's the average American. Wesley would be concerned about, about those. He, he did not tell the early Methodists to hoard their money and possessions, but instead he talked about being diligent in how we spend our money. And this this is the way that we save. The problem with personal finances is often not about how much money we make, 
The problem is about how much money we spend. Did you get that? The problem in personal finances almost time and time and time again is not about how much money we make or don't make. It is about how much money we spend. Studies have shown, studies have shown that if you have, an, if you have a household income of, of, of $35,000 or more, that is about enough to, to kind of to pretty much make ends meet in 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 some sort of, of way. I mean, you you probably I mean it thirty five thousand dollars is enough to have it's just to have enough uh, money for some shelter and some appropriate clothing and and for food. That's I mean thirty five thousand dollars kind of puts you in a place where where you're where you're relatively financially stable. And experts say that there is little to no difference between those who are making $35,000 and those who are making up to $250,000. Most of those people between $35,000 and $250,000, most of them are living paycheck to paycheck. The only difference is in the quality of stuff that they have. Those that make $250,000, well, they're going to live in a, in a bigger home or a, or, or a bigger place. Those that make $250,000, they're going to they're they're buy name brand clothing. Those that make $250,000, they're going to have nicer automobiles. But most of them are still living paycheck to paycheck. The key concern for Wesley... And I think the key concern for Jesus was waste, was, was waste. He, Wesley warned us not to waste our money in, listen to how he put it, to gratifying the desires of the flesh, particularly in enlarging the pleasure of tasting. I like how he puts it. In gratifying the desires of the flesh, particularly in enlarging the pleasure of tasting. His concern here was was for overindulgence in both food and drink. Uh, a study a study last year uh, showed that 40% of Americans are considered obese. 40% of Americans are considered obese. That number in 1980 was 13%. We've gone from 13% of Americans being obese to 30% of Americans, or excuse me, 40% of Americans being obese. Nearly 30% of boys and girls under the age of 20 are obese or overweight, and that's up from only 19% in 1980. Oklahoma has been shown to be one of the three most overweight states in all of our country. We need to be concerned about this. And I understand, I understand the issues of, of, of the cheaper foods being typically higher in carbohydrates instead of, instead of protein. We understand the, the issues of, of quality of food there as well. Uh, but, but, I, but I think we need to be concerned with our overindulgence in, in food and drink. We don't really think about it much anymore, do we? And we don't think twice about going out and eating uh, two, three, four, five nights a week. We don't think about that nearly as much as we used to. Wesley's concern was beyond physical appetites as well. He challenged his adherents not to waste money in gratifying the desire of the eye, is how he put it. 
he specifically mentions uh, he, he, he specifically mentioned expensive apparel and furniture, elegant rather than useful gardens. He called uh, he he told his adherents adherents um, we 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 don't we don't think much about going on Amazon anymore, do we? It's just a just a simple click of just a simple click of the button. I would challenge you this week to, to look at your credit card bill and to see how much you're spending on Amazon.com or, or how much you're spending in things that are absolutely wasteful. Absolutely wasteful. So why, do we, why, did, why did Wesley challenge us to, to save all that we could? Well, for one, he didn't want the early Methodists to be living on the very edge and again, that's what the majority of Americans are living on the edge. 30% of Americans have less than $1,000 in saving. 40% of Americans have, have credit card debt. We are living right at the very edge. And Wesley said, that, that's, that's not good. I think Jesus would say, that's not good as well. Again, the issue is not how much money we make. The issue typically is how much money we spend. So very quickly, very quickly. And, and I know that for so many of you, this is, I mean, you know all of these things. For some of you, this may be a, a, new, a new kind of challenge. There were a number of things that I would, that would strongly, uh, and strongly encourage you to think about, think about today. I would encourage you to create a budget and track your expenses. And again, I mean, those of you who have taken uh, um, Financial Peace University, a lot of this is going is to sound, sound familiar. But I would strongly encourage you... I, Again, I want to get, backtrack just a little bit. There's a reason that this, there's a reason that this is spiritual. There's a reason that that a preacher is talking about this rather than some financial uh, financial expert because our use of money is deeply, deeply spiritual. When we have money problems, it's not a it's not an issue of having a money problem. It's a spiritual issue. It indeed is a spiritual issue because when we are wasting our money, we're often trying to fill a void in our lives that can only be filled by the very Spirit of God. And instead, we are out there trying to spend our way into happiness, and it's never going to work, dear friends. It's never going to work. We can never spend our way into happiness. The only way we can experience true joy is by the very Spirit of God. So this is, this is a deeply spiritual thing. Create a budget and begin to track your expenses. Something as simple, and, and I know nobody uses check register other than a check, a, a actual physical check register other than my wife and I. Go online, she, she raises her hand, go online, look at your bank account, and track your expenses. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there's where your heart will be. That's where your heart is. Now, you would have expected him to say it just the opposite, wouldn't have you? Well, where your heart is, your treasure is going to follow. No, he knew, he knew how our heart works. You want to know what we love the most? Look at your checking account. Look at your check register. Look on your online banking statement. Look to see what we're spending our money on. That's what we love most. That's what Jesus said. So begin to track your expenses. Create a budget. If you've never created a budget, there's all, there are all kinds of uh, options out there for you to, to begin to create a budget, sticking, uh, to that, sticking to that budget. Simplify your lifestyle. Live below your means. Please make a commitment to living below your means. I've, I've known a number of people. 
I've known a number of people who are living far above, far above their means. Um, I, I just, I literally, I heard a story yesterday about a family that, um, that I mean, they live, in a, they live in a really, really nice house. Uh, the wife drives a, drives a little Mercedes. I mean, it's a really cool little uh, Mercedes, Mercedes SUV. And they were talking about how much credit card debt they have. They were absolutely living above their means. I believe that the Christian lifestyle is a lifestyle in which we, we simplify our lives and we live below our means. We intentionally live below our means rather than living, living above our means. Uh, the, the third, the third um, thing that I would encourage you to do is to establish an emergency fund. Um, 29% of Americans have $1,000, only $1,000 in their, in their savings account. That doesn't need to be a savings account. That needs to be an emergency fund. At le- experts say we need to have at least $1,000 in an emergency fund so that whenever we have a, whenever we have a, a flat tire or whenever our, our air conditioner goes out and we've got to call the repairman or whenever we have a, 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 a sink in our, in our kitchen that doesn't, that doesn't drain and we've got to call a, a plumber to come fix it, we have an, an emergency fund for things like that that's able to, able to take care of that. And then when that emergency fund dips under $1,000, well, we, we save a little bit of money month after month and get that get that brought back up to $1,000. We need to have an emergency fund. We also, um, what, what Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University tells us is that first and foremost, we have to pay off our credit card debt. If you have credit card debt, let, let, me, let me speak directly to you, those of you with credit card debt. And I, I, being a pastor of 21 years, I have, I have spoken to dozens and dozens and dozens of couples that are in your exact position. What I have found is that credit card debt is so very difficult to get out of because most credit cards are charging well upwards of 18%, 20%, some as even high as 30% interest. And what I find is that the only thing we can do oftentimes is just simply pay the interest and I have known couples who have been paying interest on credit card debt for four, five, or six years, and they were never able to get to the principal. So, so what you have to do, I'm telling you, I'm begging you for the, for the, good, for the sake of your own soul, for the sake of your marriage, get, those credit card, get that credit card debt paid off as quickly as you can. That interest it will absolutely eat you alive. And then, once you get that credit card debt paid off, determine that you are never, ever, ever going to carry another, uh, any more credit card debt. I wish I could make you repeat that after me today and make a pledge. I wish I could make you write it in blood to never have credit card debt again. Again, I think this is deeply, deeply spiritual because we are just simply throwing the money away that God has entrusted to us when we have, when we have credit card debt. And then make a commitment that you're not going to have credit card debt anymore. Uh, Dave Ramsey goes the extra mile and he says, cut up all your credit cards. Don't use credit cards at all. The only time 
Um, he, he says, first, you should use cash money uh, when you make purchases. My wife and I uh, went through Financial Peace University a number of years ago, and, and we, we were in the habit for a while, uh, we've gotten out of that habit, of using cash for everything that we could. And one of the things that Dave Ramsey says is that you feel it more, you feel that purchase more when you pull out that wallet and you hand over cash. It's really easy to swipe that card or to now you, you just insert that card or you even you don't even have to do that anymore. You just kind of tap it there on that little machine. It, I mean, you don't feel it. You don't feel it very much. But when you have to when you have to hand over that that 20 and, and that 50 and that 100 man, you feel it more, you feel it more. And I found that that our spending habits will, will dramatically change and dramatically, dramatically decrease. And the final thing that I would say, but just simply practice long-term savings and investing habits. Um, it was Einstein that said one of the greatest miracles in all of the universe is the, is the, is the miracle of compounding interest. <laughs> you, you, I mean, compounding interest is that, is that the... I mean, the earlier you begin to save, the more that you're going to be able to save. If you can begin to, uh, if you can save $5,000 in your 20s and then never put even another dime into that, by the time you get into your 70s, it's going to be worth tens of thousands of dollars rather than waiting until you're 50 or 60 years old when the kids are out of the house and they're out of college. If you waited that long, oh boy, you've got a long way to catch up. Begin early. Begin early. Those of you who are young adults, please, I beg you to begin early in saving for retirement. In saving for retirement. So, so, so how, does all, how, how does all this look? I, I had a, um, we had a family in, in one of our previous churches, uh, Jeff, Jeff and Patty. Uh, Jeff and Patty were, uh, they both had pretty good jobs. Um, they were uh, college educated, both of them. They were, I mean, they were, they were, you know, wage, kind of average wage kind, kinds of jobs. And when I came into that church, I, I went and visited uh, Jeff and Patty, and they lived, they lived out in the country in, a, you know, about an acre. Um, and it, they, kept their, they kept their place up nice, but it was a double-wide trailer. I mean, I, I hadn't been in a trailer house in a long time, and, and uh, Jeff and Patty lived in a double-wide, and, and, and Jeff drove a car that was, gosh, it was really old. Um, and every time I would go, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a hunter, and every time I would go deer hunting, Jeff would always ask me if I got something, because I, I don't particularly like venison, but Jeff, Jeff and Patty and their two kids, they lived off of venison. And after I'd been their pastor for a few years, I began to realize why Jeff and Patty lived in a double-wide trailer when they had the opportunity. I mean, they had the income to be able to live in a, in a much nicer house. Why Jeff drove a, an old car, why they actually why they lived on venison rather than, I mean, something much better. <laughs> because they intentionally made an effort to live below their means so that they could be generous. So they could live their, I mean, so they could, so they could bless the lives of others so that they could, they could build up a nest egg and, and, and would be able to care for those emergencies that arose and be able to pay for their two children to go to college. Uh, today, I'm proud to say that, that Jeff now is a United Methodist pastor. What I find is that when we, are, when we are faithful with the things that God has entrusted to us, God will entrust to us even more. 
And I think that God has entrusted to Jeff and Patty Rawlsons the very souls of those that they are ministering to because Jeff and Patty were found to be faithful with the material possessions that God had entrusted to them. God now has entrusted to them this beautiful church, these two beautiful churches that Jeff is a pastor of. This is so very important. Hear me. Hear me now. Whenever, whenever I talk about money in the life of the church, and, and, and by the way, after two and a half years here at First Church, you find that I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking about money in the life of the church. I have no problem with it whatsoever because it is a deeply, deeply spiritual issue. Because we are more prone to bow before our money and possessions more than anything else in our lives. And if the Lord is going to be the Lord of our lives... <laughs> Oh, buddy, he, he's going to be Lord of our bank accounts, too. He better be Lord of our bank accounts. There in your bulletin this morning, you, have, you will find a commitment card. Um, here next Sunday, we're going to be receiving those commitment cards. And the reason for this, the reason that we do this here at First Church is simply so that our church can prepare next year about what kinds of ministries we're going to have. I mean, if, 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 you, if you tell us uh, by, by turning in these cards that that we don't want to financially support the church, that, that's fine. We, we just need to know that. We need to know what kinds of ministries we're going to be able to have next year. You all will tell us uh, through, the, uh, through the amounts that you put on those cards collectively. We'll kind of know over the next couple of months what kind of ministries that we're going to have uh, next year. If you, if you want us to expand our ministries, be, I mean, we, we'll do that. If you want us to, to reduce our ministries, we'll do that. It, it, in, in some sense... I don't know that it particularly matters one way or another to us. We just need to know so that we can plan, so we can plan for the future. So next week, uh, you'll be asked to turn in those completed cards. If, if you would like, we don't require anyone to do that, but we strongly encourage you to do that. Again, that's for the benefit of the church so that we can plan, so that we can plan more appropriately. So John Wesley had those three simple rules to earn all you can, to be diligent in, in our jobs and to make sure that we're not harming others or harming ourselves, then to save all we can, not to hoard what we have, but to faithfully save all we can so that for the rest of our lives we can be generous, so that we can be generous so that we don't have to reduce the, the kind of money that we give away in retirement, so that we don't have to, to live on the, on the very edge of life. We're, we're called we're called to save all we can. Would you bow with me? Well, God, we thank you for the amazing grace and amazing opportunities that you have offered to us, the ways that you have, um, the ways that you have blessed us tremendously, oh God, with our, with our jobs and our vocations, with, uh, with, with the kind of wealth that you've entrusted to us, God. We ask that today, that today we, would, we would make a commitment to being diligent, that we would make a commitment to being true stewards of what you have entrusted to us. Again, oh God, today, if there are those that have, that have debt and they, they're, just, they're just absolutely drowning in debt, God, I pray, come Holy Spirit into their lives. Help them to, help them to know that it's going to be okay. Help them to know as well that they have a church that wants, that wants to walk alongside them as they, as they make their pathway out of, out of financial debt. And God, we, we can see on the other end that you have a bright future for those who are really struggling with debt. And you know, God, you know the difficulties that creates in marriages and in families. 
So God, we pray that your blessings would be upon them. Help us all to work diligently. Help us all to be faithful in how we can save all that we can. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.